Welcome to the Entourage Podcast. My name is Paige Scott, and I'm going to be your host. Entourage Ministries gets its inspiration from Psalm 6811 that says, The Lord gives the command, and a great army of women proclaim the good news. Entourage is a multi-generational, multi-denominational, multicultural women's ministry based in Durant, Oklahoma. Join us today as we dive into truth from the Word so that your heart and spirit may be encouraged. Ladies, thank you for joining us today. I am here with my very dear friend, Carol. Say hello, Carol. Hi, everybody. Carol Hines has been on the podcast a couple of times before. She was a founding board member of Entourage Ministries and is still a wonderful partner and supporter and friend. And I wanted to have Carol on as part of of this series that we're coming in and out on about the truth in love. And that, just as a point of reference, is from Ephesians 4, uh, verse 4. 14 and 15, it says, as a result, we're no longer to be children tossed here and there by waves and carried about by every wind of doctrine, by the trickery of men, by craftiness and and deceitful scheming. But speaking the truth in love, we are to grow up in all aspects into Him who is the head, even Christ. And going on to verse 16, from whom the whole body being fitted and held together by what every joint supplies, according to the proper working of each individual part, causes the growth of the body for the building up of itself in love. So, Carol, with that in mind, um, you know from listening to other episodes in the series too that the heart is um, the heart of this series is really about bringing about a maturity through speaking the truth in love. And so, mm-hmm. I'd asked you, what is something um, in the past or or now that you really needed that spoken to you in love to bring about a maturity? And talk to us about where you've landed with that and lead us okay. into content today. Well, there's so many things that you could land on there. And um, I just am so grateful for the opportunity to be here and and talk about one of those. Um, I would say I was brought up in a really wonderfully Christian conservative home. And it's not for lack of um, telling. Like my my mom and dad were very good at trying to train uh, taming your tongue (laughs) into us as kids. And um, there's some aspects of that that I feel like just take time and maturity and um, a level of failure at it to to really get into us. But I really do feel like the Lord has been showing me some things in my family and um, in friendships and in the business world um, about discretion. And, and so that's that's kind of where I want to land today. Just so they know a little about you, like describe what your life looks like, like on a pretty normal basis with okay. regard to family, business. Okay. So they have an idea. Okay. So my husband is a financial advisor and owns a portion of a small business um, here in Durant. Um, and I have a small bookkeeping and accounting um, services business of my own. Um, we have three small kids, ages seven, five, and three, and um, just love being active in our church, love being active in life groups, and um, having the availability in this season particularly to um, meet with friends and minister more on a one-on-one basis and, um, and yeah, just live life with people. So how has this season and all of those dynamics that you explain, how's that informed this word of discretion in your life? 
So I, I, I have a couple of examples in here of a previous position that I held at an oil and gas company um, whenever I was fresh out of college and trying to learn how to operate in the business world and um, had a boss who I really didn't like much as a person, but who really helped me grow in areas like this um, and mature at a high rate of speed. And I by no means am, would qualify myself as completely mature or an expert in any area of business, um, but just got some really good fundamental teaching from him because he was so blunt and um, bold in, in just leading young people straight out of college into the business world. So, um, yeah, I have, I have a, a couple of examples that I want to share as we get, um, to dive into this, that he pointed out, um, in, in me in that season and that carries over just into parenting and friendships and ministry and business and, um, everything that we see and hear and say to one another it requires a level of, of godly discretion. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I, I want to start with a definition of please, discretion. Please, <laughs> so define it for us. There is a two-part definition that Webster's will give you. Number one is the quality of behaving or speaking in such a way as to avoid causing offense or revealing private information. And number two is the freedom to decide what should be done in a particular situation. So it's closely related to discernment yeah. or prudency. Um, a lot of times in the Proverbs, you'll hear Solomon talk about um, the prudent man. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that that probably has a lot to do with discretion. Um, but, but discernment and prudency means to judge well and then to act with care and thought for the future. And those things are also related to um, just levels of confidentiality. Mm-hmm. So on the one hand... You're not telling everything that you know. Mm-hmm. Um, other, maybe because it's not your story to tell, mm-hmm. or other reasons. Um, on the other hand, <clears throat> you are telling what others do need to know. Mm-hmm. So it's it's like a two edged sword. Um, this this figure of discretion, um, and yeah, I've I've. <laughs> What has brought it up, I feel like, is um, trying to introduce it to my kids as they um, are on their own maturity journey and um, learning to tell stories and becoming so smart and so quick, um, participating in family discussions and things. And then, um, yeah, why, why? why wouldn't they be able to share that outside of our home or why is it inappropriate to share something in one moment and not in another? So, um, yeah, I, I think that the most common way, um, that people think of discretion may be in like terms of secrecy. And that's not necessarily what I feel like is meant by the word discretion. Mm -hmm. It's not keeping a secret just to keep a secret it's not collecting information on people just to hold information and have secrets. Um, and most often, I would say we hear this word used in uh, mature content movies or shows. Yeah. They'll say viewer discretion is advised. And um, I think that that's probably talking more along the lines of wisdom, but um, has has to do in the same vein with it. Um, but yeah, my biggest Holy Spirit lesson on this subject and 
um, what brought me to a new level of understanding in it was in 2018, um, as I was starting a bookkeeping business and um, collecting a handful of clients, um, <clears throat> I was sitting and having a discussion with a someone who's very close to me and um, just told a story about a client that I immediately, when it came out of my mouth, realized that I shouldn't have told. And it wasn't that the information was illegal. And it wasn't that the this particular client wouldn't have told the same story about themselves. It was just kind of like, do you ever feel like Holy Spirit is just like, boom, like, oh, okay, that was not, that was not good. And I just let it go, but that conviction was there and it would not release. And so um, about a week later, I had to call this person who was close to me um, and and just tell him to that I was really working to grow my discretion. I'm sorry that I had said that. Yeah. And would they would they please forget that they had ever heard it? And um, and and I felt like the Lord put kind of a marker, kind of like um, an, an Ebenezer or something, yeah. if you will, at that point in my life. And He said, if you're going to have a career in small businesses, in consulting services, in um, anything that has to do with confidential information, you have to learn this lesson right now. And I was like, okay, thank you very much. I'm listening. <laughs> I'm listening. That's right. But discretion and and using discretion, I feel like, plays into um, trustworthiness. Mm-hmm. So Romans 5, 2 through 5 is like my favorite set of scriptures. And it's it's the series that is like, and this leads to that, and this leads to that. Um, mm-hmm. And so I was thinking about like, well, why? Why would you use discretion? And and I was thinking discretion leads to trustworthiness. And trustworthiness leads to integrity. And integrity leads to a proven character. Yeah. And isn't that, at the end of the day, kind of the only thing that we're left with whenever, whenever all else um, is gone is our character. And so being able to tame our tongue into using discretion and using our words wisely, I feel like is a, is a character matter. And um, yeah, it, it's something that we're not seeing on a large level in our culture. And I feel like um, God is calling his people, his people back to um, in this season. And I just, I think about um, Proverbs ten nineteen. 19. Um, it says, when words are many, transgression is not lacking, mm-hmm. but whoever restrains his lips is yes. prudent. And um, how in Psalm 39.1, uh, David says, I will guard my ways that I sin not with my tongue. I will guard my mouth with a muzzle. And that makes me think of James 3, um, which I did not write down. Let's see if I can flip to it real quick, though, because it is so good. And this is, as you're looking for it, this is just so appropriate to that balance of speaking the truth in love. Discretion is what is needed because there. I think that Proverbs would also point to in the Scripture that there is a timely time for for a word, like a word um, spoken at the right time. It's like a golden apple, and, mm-hmm. and it doesn't mean like that— um, at a different time, it's not a true word, but there's a right time for a word. And that discretion of not just the timing of a word, but 
um, the choices of the words. I just think I think it's all relevant to this overarching thought about how we speak the truth in in love. Yeah. Did you find where you were I going, did. James? Yep. So um, James three three through eight talks about um, how we put bits in horses' mouths that they may obey us, and we turn their whole body. Uh, look also at the ships, although they are so large and are driven by fierce winds, they are turned by a very small rudder wherever the pilot desires. Even so, the tongue is a little member and boasts great things. See how great a forest a little fire kindles. When the tongue is a fire, a world of iniquity, the tongue is uh, so set among our members that it defiles the whole body and sets on fire the course of nature, and it is set on fire by hell. For every kind of beast and bird, of reptile and creature of the sea is tamed and has been tamed by mankind, but no man can tame the tongue. It is an unruly evil full of deadly poison. So I just think about what would it look like? How can I train this into my children? Um, it, it kind of all comes back to parenting for me in this season. And how would it change our parent-child relationships if we practiced and taught discretion? Um we would be more intentional and thoughtful about what is said in front of very curious and very intelligent ears. Yes. I, I just feel so strongly that parenting is um, largely just unlocking secrets of life in a, in a pattern, like um, in, in the correct timing and order and um, helping them to hear the right secrets, if you will, at the right time and teaching them um, when you can and cannot say certain things, different things, um, appropriate things, um, is, is a level of helping them mature or a level of unlocking that next stage of life for them. Yeah. Um, and I, I was just, <clears throat> I, I remember in, in Jasmine's episode on the truth and love about how she was talking about how um, she was having to deal with offense because she was speaking on <laughs> offense and guarding your heart from offense. And um, I had a conversation with a friend just this morning about one of my kiddos who had said something to hurt someone and um, a normal part of growing up, but also just the realization that we are, I don't know, just all on this maturing journey together and and I'm so thankful for our community and and moms who will help will help say things like that. I I'm friends with all of the moms of the kids that my kids are friends yeah. with and I'm so thankful for that 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 aspect of it taking a village really does play out in our community. Mm -hmm. um, I'm so thankful for that. And and that they see things that I'm never going to see because my kids will do things in public that they won't do in front of me. And it's just a, it's so, such a helpful tool in helping coach them through, <laughs> through those things. And goodness, are there ever those things. But um, yeah, I, I was thinking about, um, especially with my seven-year-old, just asking, asking her why she wants to tell stories. Mm -hmm. um, and then weighing, is that going to be helpful to someone or unhelpful? Is that going to dishonor somebody or be kind to them? Are you saying it just to get a laugh um, or just to get a reaction out of somebody? Because I think even as adults, 
um, in telling stories or in sharing social media posts. Sometimes <clears throat> I know I find myself doing this. Um, I want to tell a story just to make someone laugh. And I think that is such a, a natural instinct mm -hmm. of people. And I don't think that it's a bad thing, but I do think that we should consistently be checking our motives for, um, yeah. is what we're saying going to hurt someone? Is yes. it, are we using this information against them or to help them? Yes. Um, I, um, <clears throat> with my children who are in the same, we have, we share two of our children in the same gra grades. Um, but with my oldest, who is very skilled with her words, she has a very great communication gift. And, um, and so I'm teaching her how to use that. And I feel convicted myself and refined in the process. But I'll often ask her, but not unlike what you've just said, I heard what you asked, but what was the heart behind why you were asking that? Um, because usually, I mean, not usually, but in the cases where I'm correcting, it's naughty. Mm -hmm. And um, and so something that I've been saying, I don't think they could tell you today that I've said this, but and just trying to help them think through and process, like, is it, I, I call it the, like the filter is it true? Is it helpful? And is it encouraging? Mm -hmm. And like, if we can't pass those, then we probably can't, shouldn't say it. That's so good. Because you can, I can say something that is not lovely, like don't cross the road. Mm -hmm. um, and actually that could be helpful. Like, mm -hmm. you know, like in a, in a life, it could be a life giving situation. So I think just try, I'm with you on trying to build that filter in. But even as I challenge my own daughter, What's the heart behind what you're saying? I feel that redirected toward me with mm -hmm. maybe words that I would choose in mm -hmm. asking questions or making mm -hmm. statements. Yeah. Yeah. Man. And I just think of um, a really, really uncomfortable biblical story about Noah and his sons. Do you know what story I'm going to yeah. talk about? Yeah, where, where he was naked in the tent, yeah. I reckon. Yeah, I <laughs> yeah. reckon. Yeah. yeah, that's the one. I, I do not like that story. but yeah. And I'll just, I'll just go high level over it. But it, this is after the flood. It's in Genesis 9. Noah becomes a vineyard planter, and he drinks of the wine for the first time. And some, we've got to assume that something about the flood made the wine have a different reaction on him. And he... Um, essentially passed out naked in his tent. And his youngest son, Ham, finds him and um, goes and tells his two brothers about the situation. And the other two brothers treat Noah with honor and respect and go and cover him up in the tent. And when Noah wakes up the next morning, he realizes what has happened. He had some recollection of it. And he curses Ham because of Ham's lack of honor in the situation, I would say Ham's lack of discretion. Mm -hmm. So he was um, trying to get a rise out of his brothers. I, I, we can only assume what his motives were, but they were not pure. They were not true. So Noah, I would say the interesting thing about this is that Noah is the one who sinned. He's the one who has committed the act of sin, but Ham is the one who is cursed because of his lack of discretion towards his father mm -hmm. and um, trying to get his brothers to participate in that. And so I, I do think that that reiterates in my mind, at least, 
um, how I've kind of drawn the line of everybody has information. Like you get information every day. And do you use it to distort someone's perception or image um, to cause pain or personal gain or have humor? Or do you use it to be helpful, to pray, to connect someone with resources, to speak into it, to work to make the situation better? Um, so I love that true, helpful, and encouraging mm-hmm. um, aspect that you're talking about. So next, I was thinking about what would our businesses look like if we practice discretion? Um, consider marketing. Um, consider media. And both of those major streams of businesses in our current culture um, exists to highlight the good points. They are there to sell. And um, at the cost of risking telling the whole story. Yeah. And um, so I think that there's like an aspect of what I'm talking about, about you can't just tell the good. So um, over the last couple of days in my house, we have gotten new couches, which I'm super excited about because it was a long time coming. (laughs) We bought some cream colored couches about 10 years ago used and we're like, oh, we'll sell these way before we have kids. Jesse sat on them just last week and we were talking about them. And I am like embarrassed by these couches every day. But I, um, I, we, we found some other couches that we had been looking for and they're a great fit. Perfect. Now what do we do with the old couches? And I'm like, okay, Derek, I'm going to put them on a, like a giveaway site that we have here in Durant. Um, the Buy Nothing Project. I saw this post. Yes. I'm like, that's awesome. I know those couches. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And I was like, okay, Derek, what can I say about these couches? And he was like, well, they're soft. <laughs> I was like, that's so true. Um, they're also stained. <laughs> and uh, they're also the, the I, I, I was just feeling like I needed to market them in order for someone to take them off of our hands. <laughs> and I was like, but that's not the whole story. <laughs> Behold her in whom there is no deceit. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, so we, um, we, we ended up giving away our couches, but <clears throat> I'm, I'm thankful that I didn't have to, like, I, I had told the person who took them off of our hands before she came out that they were well loved and pretty stained but they probably could be cleaned <laughs> and so I, I but it's it's that same way like whether you're buying a car whether you're trying to purchase someone's business whether any aspect of business and I feel like I'm seeing it very strongly um in Derek and a situation that he's in right now like he's being he's trying to be sold into different um, decisions of business and every single one of them has great aspects. Like they're all good in a way. Um, But I want to know, I want to have the wisdom to ask like, what are the right questions to ask to get to the bottom? What's the whole story? Um, So when I was a landman at an oil and gas company, um, seven years straight out of college, 
this boss that I was talking about at the beginning, um, he would sit down with me and contracts that I would write or like, you know, not just straight up write them, but put the information in to make them applicable yeah. to a certain situation. And then I would have to make an outline for my boss. Like, okay, here's the terms of the contract. And he would be like, Carol, you are so positive. Like, why are you trying to sell this without telling the whole story? And I'm like, because it's all the good points. And like, I really want this deal to happen. And he's like, yeah, but you're leaving out this and this and this, which are not good. And and you just have to tell the whole story. And it took me a long time to get my brain, and I'm still not very good at it, but to start thinking about like, what are those critical pieces of information that I've got to tell somebody before they make a decision? Um, in, in the tax world, in the tax preparation world, like you see this a lot. Um, people will bring you their most confidential information and I want to give them good news about it. And I'm, I'm not terribly good at, at giving bad news and I, but they deserve to hear it because they need to have all the information in order to make the best sure. decision. From a, from a small business standpoint, thinking about what would business look like if we use discretion at a different level, I think that um, I, I want to have the reputation of having a safe haven business um, that people can feel like they can tell me whatever they need to tell me in order to get their information correct. Um, because I think that if you develop a business culture internally or externally is being a rumor mill, I mean, that's, that's the quickest way to go out of business, I feel like, in my perspective. But um, yeah, we just must be intentional on every level uh, to work towards taming our tongue. And um, I feel like in the business world, men and women can use discretion to help them offer a pure service to be as helpful as possible to their clients. So back to the true, helpful, and encouraging. Mm -hmm. And then the last, the last aspect of this that I was thinking was, um, what would ministry look like if we practiced discretion? Yeah. And um, I've had just the opportunity to sit with friends um, over the last few weeks and, and just hear story after story of um, vulnerability and then having been taken advantage of in that vulnerability on multiple different levels. But, but just a, um, people, if we were a people known for using discretion and being trustworthy in ministry, um, I just feel like the real deep work can begin whenever people feel that they can be vulnerable with someone. Um, godly discretion is how can I help this person who's hurting or why Holy Spirit am I learning this right now? Like help me to know what to do with that. Um, whereas culture says, how can I use this information against someone? So, um, yeah, I, I, I just feel like through prayer and encouragement, um, and trying to allow the Lord and the Holy Spirit to renew our minds. I, I think that we can um, all grow in this area, but it, it is definitely something that has um, 
been a pattern in my life for the last few months and I'm just thankful to get to to talk a little bit about it here today. Well, we're thankful to have you here. And I've just had two, really one verse rolling around in my mind, but then as you went to the ministry take on it, I had another that was related to it. And as this pertains to women's, our, our audience is women, Proverbs eleven twenty two, a ring, a ring of gold in a swine's snout, as a ring of gold is in a swine's snout, so is a beautiful woman who lacks discretion. And um, and in thinking about that relationship also to Matthew 7, 6, where the Lord tells us not to cast our pearls before swine, um, not to lay out the the treasures of, of our heart before those who are going to trample them or have no regard for them. I just think about that. I don't want to be swine in either context. I don't want to be uh, swine in the context of Proverbs, swine that's dressed up yeah. uh, sparkly, like just, you know, mm-hmm. like in a different episode talking about, but I have no discretion mm-hmm. or I don't want to be swine that has no discretion in how I handle the the costly jewels of, of others. So right. I think this is a life-giving, um, timely word from you. I know that the last week, Jesse and I were in a situation where um, just a, a casual conversation, and we were, were both collateral listeners between a, a different exchange. And there was one, it was one word that was used, one word one descriptive word that was used in an exchange, and we both felt it. It felt like a, a knife going in to, and, and I don't think the heart of anyone was off. I just think it was poor discretion, mm-hmm. but it, it created such a weight for, for ministry because that was possibly, potentially, because like that was lacking, and it just even the word choice. And mm-hmm. so I know that as Jesse and I kind of rehashed that that day, that I felt that urge for the Lord to protect my words and mm-hmm. to cover mm-hmm. my words, uh, the ones that I do speak, that they would be right. gracious, that they would be seasoned with with salt. So, oh, And I think that, that that is the balancing act of it, to one, consider it, and then two, to not be caught up in the consideration of it. And that's where I find I find myself many times. Um, I'm so much more comfortable writing out a text message or sending an email than I am even having a private conversation with somebody, much less speaking some sort of a public word. But I feel like the Holy Spirit will give us those inclinations and give us the right words to speak if we will tune into Him. And, and I'm that's a lesson that I'm learning every day is to not walk in the fear of saying something wrong but then also to understand that your words are are having weight um, just to find that healthy balance somehow. Yeah, and I think in just a concluding thought, Jesus modeled so well saying really hard things, but doing it with a heart of love behind it. Yeah. And um, where there is perfect love, it does cast out fear. And I think both as the giver and the receiver of words, um, the heart is felt behind it and and so I think I just am in complete agreement about being a safe place for people in in ministry and culture and otherwise, but also a safe place for people to practice showing mm-hmm. discretion and mm-hmm. speaking. And I feel like we have that kind of relationship, and Jesse's in the room with us now, and we have that kind of relationship where where things can be spoken that are true and helpful and encouraging, but may be hard sometimes, mm-hmm. but they're backed with love. And mm-hmm. so it doesn't leave room 
for fear. Absolutely. So yeah. thank you, God, for discretion and the virtue that that is. So Carol, would you just pray and close us out for a heightened anointing and grace for us to be um, a women and people of discretion? Absolutely. Jesus, I just thank you um, that you are our perfect example. Father, I thank you that your spirit is with us. And Lord, as we um, as we just continue to to walk through this life, to journey through this life together in fellowship with each other and in fellowship with you, Father. I just ask that um, every ear that that hears this, every um, woman that we encounter would would be heightened in their in their anointing for discretion, Father, that you would renew our minds and that you would put the bridles in our mouth to help us to say only the words that you have for us, Lord, that we would not be a meek people, that we would be bold and courageous in our speech, but Father, that we would weigh our words and that we would weigh our motives and make sure that our hearts are pure to you and pure in love towards others, Father. Lord, I I just thank you. I lift up this entourage ministry and the work that they are doing. And and Father, women's ministry is, is so risky in so many ways. And so, Father, I just Thank you for the hedge of um, of love and of protection that you've put around them, Father. Lord, I I just call them blessed, and I'm so grateful that, that they are in operation um, in and amongst our community. In your holy and precious name we pray. Amen. Amen. Thank you so much, Carol. Thanks for joining us today. For more information about Entourage Ministries, visit our website at entourageministries.com or visit us on Facebook or Instagram. 